0: Yeah, so you might have to upgrade your hosting plan after listening to this episode, cause your blog's about to get a stampede of traffic. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy-approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and, and coaching, not like that other stuff. Now let's get to it. Welcome back, my inbox besties, besties. Kate Doster of KateDoster.com, creator of Trolling for Traffic, guys. With over, I think it's 28 pre-made trello boards for you, covering everything from mega launches to eBooks. But I've also just added an additional two boards specifically for how to run your freelancing business. I added one on how to run a product-based business. I had one on launching your blog in 32 days, and I'm going to be adding one on if you are creating a website or revamping yours for your coaching or freelancing consulting business. And guys, it's still just 20. Four little dollar renos, and all you need to do to snag your copy is head on over to trellingfortraffic.com, guys. I recently got pinged by a fellow treller, because that's what we call ourselves, and they told me that somebody else was trying to sell a Trello course with only like five boards and three video lessons. Forget this. 47 bucks. I'm like, ah, oh. child's play, y'all. Clearly, they don't know what they're doing. So head or to trollingfortraffic.com and get your hands on all that goodness for just 24 baby Washington. So I am super excited as always to be in your ear holes today because this is the fifth installment in our in 2019 I want to series. So this one is all about in 2019. I want more free traffic, more eyeballs and to grow my reach on my audience. And there was only one one person that I could interview to tackle this topic, and that was Elena of TwinsMommy.com. So if you're interested in the rest of our In 2019 series, of course, there's links to them in the show notes, but our first one was back in episode 71, where we talked about how to become a conversion content machine. Episode 72 was all about rocking your email list in 2019, even if it was like a ghost land of 2018. Episode number 74, where we talked about three additional tips you can use to increase your sales and revenue this year. And episode 75 last week, where we talked about incorporating Facebook ads in your honestly your Facebook business page without going broke with Facebook ad agency owner Morgan Batista. That was an amazing interview, guys. Oh, it's dripping just like this one. I mean, I have the most amazing guests, but I think that's because I have the most amazing and best-looking listeners. I'm just saying, tag me on Instagram with your thoughts, but I'm pretty sure we're the best-looking. Just gonna go ahead and throw this out there. So this episode is so, so jam-packed. So before we head into it, I want to make sure that you head on over to katedoster.com forward slash traffic planner because Elena just came out with an amazing new freebie all about what you can do basically today this week this month she kind of maps out a whole year of what you can do to increase your traffic depending on where you're at and it comes with a sweet bonus course which I'm very excited about guys because I think she does an amazing job with video I'm just saying for the introvert in her I feel like she hates it because she considers herself a writer but I feel like she does a really great job And also, Elena has an amazing Pinterest planner if you really want to incorporate Pinterest in your business, which this has been one of the most highly requested topics here on Inbox Besties. So you can head on over to katedoster.com forward slash pin planner. Those are gonna redirect you over to her site, Twins Mommy, so you can get your hands on all that juicy goodness. But in today's episode, we talk about so much. So we talk about what to do if you need to like re-jumpstart your blog, say it's like it's been a while, you haven't blogged in forever, what should you do, and basically how you can get back in the good graces of Google, we're going to be talking about subtle tweaks that you can make to your traffic and audience growing strategies, depending on how you're really monetizing your blog and your content. So if you're just looking to grow, you know, ad revenue or affiliate links versus say you want to sell courses or services, there's different strategies that you're going to want to use. And this is yet another reason why Elena was the only one I could have for this episode because she owns a freelance writing business. She owns a course based blog. She owns blogs that I consider niche blogs that are purely just ad revenue. So she She knows what she needs to do to generate traffic for those particular monetization strategies dripping in gold. And she drops tips that I have heard nowhere else besides her actual paid course, which I'm a happy student of, called Ready, Set, Blog for Traffic, which you can go grab by heading over to katedoster.com forward slash Ready, Set, Traffic. But that, of course, is my affiliate link. I just want to let you all know about that. But I am a student. I've utilized her tactics and my traffic has just gone up a good jillion percent. So without further ado, let's go talk to Elena, who is also a mom of twins, y'all. So we've had two twin mommies back to back on the show. I'm just saying it is possible to run lots of profitable businesses when you got the kids around. All right, guys, welcome my inbox besties and welcome Elena from Twins Mommy and so many other blogs, which I think we're going to be talking about as well today. Thank you so much for chatting with us today about really fueling our funnels and all that amazing content that we've talked about weeks prior about actually creating to get people to it because I feel like that is a big piece of the puzzle that a lot of people are actually missing. So is there anything else that you want our inbox besties to know about you? Any fun facts? Any of that greatness? Go ahead and let us know.
1: Hey, Kate. Thanks for having me on your awesome podcast. Um, I'm super excited to share any kind of traffic tips to help your audience. And so if you're interested, you can always find me on Facebook. I have my biggest Facebook group, Mom to Entrepreneurs. So you can always join us there and we can have fun.
0: Excellent. Y'all will see me in there. I love that group. It is so active. And I feel like we could definitely have you back for another time talking about how to have an active Facebook group. Because So if some people start them, they'll get people and then they kind of fizzle out. But I have to say yours definitely has not. It has stood the test of interwebs time.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be an awesome podcast. We can totally jam out to that like, how did you
0: actually stumble upon sort of blogging as a business and know that you also had a freelance writing business? Like, how did this whole thing come to fruition? Like, were you always that kid that was like, you know, selling soda and stickers? Did you stumble upon it? Like, how did it happen? (laughs) That's a great question,
1: Kate. Um, um, for me, it all happened because I had twins. (laughs) Um, I had twins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I, um, where I, I live in Canada, so you get a year off of maternity. So I had a wonderful year with my twins, um, and but I um, knew that I didn't want to go back to work. Like I, they were only a year old. Like they weren't even walking; <laughs> they were still napping. I mean, they weren't sleeping through the night. Like there was no way I could go back to work. I needed to find a way to stay home and uh, make an income and, and contribute to the finances. And what's so great is that my husband. My husband is the one that is in this world. He has um, done affiliate marketing. He has done web development. Like he has developed or designed and developed my sites. Like he is this person. So he has some great knowledge about the online business world. And so he just like casually mentioned like, hey, you know, why don't you just find something online? Like, you know, a lot of mom bloggers are doing like a virtual assistant or writing or whatever. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. So I started (laughs) researching mom like I had no idea like no idea and of course my husband's like he knew he's like here check this link check this thing like he already knew and so like (laughs) I go and check out these things and I'm like holy moly like these moms are like making mega cash uh doing virtual assistant or they're doing like they're a freelance writer and they're totally like making thousands of dollars I'm like okay I love writing like why not I try this so I started a website and it was a service-based website. Like I just started right there offering my writing and that's how it grew. Like that's how I started. And what's so neat is that because I offered a service, it made me want to research more about marketing my service. How do I market my service to get people to um, hire me? And that's where my love of digital marketing came from. The whole business of blogging and learning about marketing is what um, I loved. And then I started, um, having that as my niche for my freelance writing so now i provide digital marketing content for brands out there so it just all is very nice and married and then for twins mommy it just naturally grew into providing these types of marketing tips like blogging tips and making money tips that um come not naturally but i i'm living in it so like i sort of have these ideas and i know about like what what um, monetization strategies there are, and what traffic building strategies there are, because I've I've been doing it for the last four years. How many blogs do you own? Oh, that's a good question. I was just someone that just asked me that in my mom to mompreneur group. Okay, so let's go through this. My first ever blog or site is Innovative Inc. That is my service based website. It um, had a blog on it. Um, but i moved that blog to elmakane.com which is my freelance writing website that i market to freelance writers okay so my innovative ink is for um, attracting clients so that they can hire me for my writing and then my freelance writing site is to attract writers that want to get paid to write so i have a course on that i have i used to do coaching but i don't so i have that site then i started twins mommy because i wanted to write more about um like working from home tips. So I have that blog. And then for some reason, I wanted to start another blog. I guess I had more time. (laughs) I started Smart Mom Ideas. Um, I didn't, I took over it. I didn't start it, but I took over it. And then I had to create all this content for it. And then um, a blogger friend was selling a blog. And so we looked at it. I'm like, this is a good blog. So I'm going to, let's go buy this blog. So it's Imperfectly Perfect Mama. And that blog is just a contributing blog because I have no time to run on that blog. Like there's no time. So that's just guest posting. That's all it is. If you want to write for um, mom stuff, then you can guest post on that site. And then I have these other little blogs that I haven't mentioned that have sort of come to fruition or that started and stopped. Um, The biggest one is freelancerfaqs.com. That site was owned by a freelance writer friend. She couldn't take it. So she just gave it to me. So I've been sort of running it for the past couple of years and it's won some awards and stuff. And, but it's like, so like not optimized for anything. Like I don't, I think it's ranking for some terms but it's not like really doing much, but it's a guest posting platform and I use it for new freelance writers that need um, items for their portfolio. So they can guest post on freelancer FAQs if they want. So it's a nice little site. And then I just started my health site (laughs) though.
0: But I won't yeah. ask how many domains you have sitting around. Let's be honest. You know, it's a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably. But just to let you know, like, I'm not some kind of super he- um, superhero on content writing. Like, I, I hire other bloggers and writers to write content. So, like I said, most, two of them are guest posting sites. I have ghost writers on some of my sites. The health site, I'm not writing. So, it's mostly ghost written. So, there's, I have other ways to, to have these blogs. Um, I'm not really writing them. So Except, oh, I love that. Don't, I
0: don't <laughs> we might have to, to have another <laughs> episode about ghost writing. I feel like people are really into that. I literally heard everyone's ears perk up. They're like ghost writing. I don't have to write my own stuff. You say. Let's oh, yeah, try nice,
1: well, yeah, it's a nice little income too. But, um, you know, I write for my, my main blogs, which is Elna Kane and twins. Momby. Those are the two main blogs. And I write my little twin stuff. That's what my mom is too. Like if I wonder about my, you know, my twin stuff and I'd write it, but I do have other bloggers that provide content for me and it's nice because I can pay them. um, And they're, they're building up their, not portfolio, but they're building up their credibility as a writer. So it's great. Love that.
0: Yay. So like we had talked about in the intro, um, Elena is actually a mom of two and she's kind of like me where now that her kids are going to school that they're, they're always sick all the time. So it's really important that since, you know, we try to be flexible with our family and not have our blogs and business run our lives, but sort of the other way around, it really is important, guys, that we are setting up these traffic systems that aren't necessarily one-time hits. Like, sure, we like some blitz traffic strategies, which I'm sure we'll be talking about, but really we are looking for those more backbone type of strategies, like we talk about in Love Your List, those search-based ones, like Pinterest and SEO. So if we are coming to you, on your twin mommy site, or just in general, what is some of really the first thing that we need to think about when it is increasing our traffic? Like, how do we actually get people to our content?
1: Oh, that's like the one question everyone wants to know, right? <laughs> is how do you attract your audience? And you know what you have to you have to take a few steps back with uh, your blog and your content. And the number one thing you need to really Hone down more than your niche, I I believe, is your audience because you are writing to people. All right. So it doesn't matter what topics you're talking about. It doesn't matter if you're talking about a billion jillion topics on your blog. You need to know your audience. Who exactly are you writing to? And that is something that doesn't have to happen overnight. It doesn't have to happen on day one of your blog. It can take time. Um, I have other blogs and for one of my blogs, it took me over a year to really figure out the audience that I want to blog to and that are coming to my blog. So um, it's, it's, I think, one of the foundational tips that you can, um, lo- you know, figure out so that you can have a strong blog.
0: I totally wholeheartedly believe that 100%. Y'all know, guys, that I always talk about being disproportionately passionate about your people and how your topic can just sort of be willy-nilly, but when you really are putting a focus on your people first, that just makes all the difference in the world. And the reason why I want Elena on the podcast to talk about traffic in particular, besides the fact that I am one of her students, which I'll put a link to her amazing traffic course in the description, guys, below, but... Is because not only has she said, you know, grown traffic to a blog, say like a couple of years ago, but she's doing it currently right now with newer blogs. So I would love to hear what you sort of did a little bit back then and how you've been tweaking the tactics now for your newer sort of fresher blogs.
1: Yeah, um, I do have one of my newest blogs right now is Smart Mom Ideas. And um, I took over that blog um, and I knew my strategy for that blog was going to be different than my other strategies for Twins Mommy and for my other blogs. Um, and what I focused on with Smart Mom Ideas was Pinterest and Pinterest marketing because on Twins Mommy, it's an older blog. I was using other strategies like SEO, like email list building. Um, your email list can bring a flood of traffic. I mean, I sent one email and my um, my little graph. On gra- Google Analytics shot up like over a thousand views. And I'm like, holy moly, like what happened there? It was my email <laughs> list. So there are different tactics that I use for Twins Mommy to bring, you know, for, for traffic building. But with Smart Mom Ideas, I have no email list. Um, I have no other social media profile. I don't have a Twitter account or I think I do have a Facebook page, but I don't market on that. I just market on Pinterest. So my strategy for Smart Mom Ideas for, for bringing um, traffic was to create highly viral content and highly viral content for pinterest means um, the type of pins that have um like ultimate guides and that have like big lists you know um people on pinterest want to save pins that have like 170 toddler activities that you can do on a rainy day they they're going to save that pin because they're going to go to it right so those are the type of um, pieces of content that I have on smart Ideas and that what initially grew my traffic.
0: That is so unbelievably smart. We're going to sort of unpack that now. I know some people literally just gasped <laughs> at the fact that you rounded up like 170 taller activities. But how did you sort of figure out what would be considered like top viral content. So I'm guessing, and you can explain this more, at least on smart mom ideas, is your monetization strategy more of like traffic and numbers, like ads? What's like that sort of like?
1: Yes. Yes. So um, the, the smart mom ideas in the beginning was just to build my traffic. I, for any new blog that I start, my initial goal is to build that traffic. Now I started another new venture. In the health niche, and that is a, a new blog, meaning that the content is new, but the domain is old. We've had that that website for years, um, and so it hasn't done much. So now I'm ramping it up, and what do I do? I'm going to create those viral type of content. You know, my latest post was I think 50 plant based recipes. You know, it's not 150, but it's 50. You know, something that I could I could have whipped out a lot easier than than 150. So I'm starting to create this content so that I can get the traffic and then I can start monetizing it. And to monetize it, there are different ways. For small mom ideas, my, my uh, tactic is ads. I'm using um, impression based ads so that when people come to my, my blog and read it, I get paid. Um, And so that's a nice sweet income for small mom ideas. I don't do ads on twins mommy because I'm doing different things. Right. But for my health site, probably I'm going to do ads on that site. I'm not going to have an email list. I'm not going to be invested in this blog. I'm just going to create valuable content and get the people on that content. And then I'll convert it to cash through ads probably.
0: Excellent. So there's, oh, there's so much that I want to unpack by that Steam app. But really, the one thing that I first want to bring home, guys, is that there are so many different ways you can monetize your content. So it just doesn't always have to be courses and ebooks and coaching, which I know, don't worry, we will talk about because that's what, you know, twins mommy related. But that if you do just want to create something that does not have an email list, I'm not going to be mad at you. I mean, shocker that you're listening to Inbox Besties about it. But if you want to have a much kind of what we want to call them like a niche site. It's like that is perfectly okay. So if somebody, well, let's back up a little bit. So what did you mean by an old website? Like, does that matter when it comes to traffic? Like if a site's been around for a while as like a new one, like how does that figure?
1: Yeah. Um, old sites are better to have. So if you're on the hunt of, of buying websites, this is all like, we're diving deep into this stuff. um, you want to find established websites that, that have been around for a while because, um, the, um, because Google already knows that site. You know, when you start a new blog, it takes like six months for Google to recognize, hey, you know, we have to send the whatever the search spiders to crawl your site and um, Google needs to figure out what kind of content are you, you know, what niche are you in, What's going on on your site? Is it a spam site? Are you having, providing valuable content, good links? Are people linking to you? Da, 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 da. Like, it takes like, up to a year for Google to really understand your blog. And so when you have an established domain, like say in college you started a blog and then you just like, forgot about it and it's 10 years later, boy, use that blog. <laughs> Start writing <laughs> content. And your topicals are growing. Like, if you have an old domain, those are valuable. Like, use it. Um, and so with my health site, that's, it was a, I don't even know how many years, how old it is. It's probably almost close to 10 years. Um, and it does have content. Like I did use it for a while for guest posting and, you know, but I didn't do much with it. So then I stopped, I think over a year, I stopped doing anything on that, that blog and then I ramped it up. So a nice little hack for traffic building is that if you, you have a blog and you stopped writing for like three months take a week or two weeks to write like four or five blog posts and then pump them out every other day or every once a week or whatever your time frame and then start promoting it um, you'll see a little rise in traffic because it's just i don't know it's just the nature that i've seen on on my other blogs that if you stop writing and you forget about it and then all of a sudden you ramp it up and you keep at it the traffic will build quicker than if you were consistently blogging well, people, a lot of people aren't consistent, right? They blog for every week for a month and then they stop for three weeks and then they try to do it every other week and then it just, it's not that consistent. Um, but I'm finding that other method is, is also a, a good little boost of traffic.
0: I was actually definitely going to ask you about that. And you've sort of read my mind with that other question that I was going to ask for not even necessarily the high roll viral sites, as we'll call them, the high viral with the ads, but even if we are trying to sell our courses or our coaching through our website and through ultimate content creation, would you suggest that we, if we're coming back from break, you know, Write out like you know five or ten blog posts and then like post them all like once every single day for 10 days or post like you know three, 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 and three. How would you suggest that
1: we do that? Yeah, um, just like what you just said. <laughs> um, you want to pick, I think, um, a good little strategy too. This is a little bit different than what I just said about um, ramping it up, but is with your blog already is to pick a time frame so 10 days or um, five days, and um, publish a blog post every day. Now, this is a tactic that I teach in my course for traffic building. Um, I found that that tactic works great. And you know what, I did that for Twins Mommy this past December. For some reason, I had uh, a lot of time and I was like writing a blog post. Like I was so excited that I just wanted to publish everything at once. Like I was like, oh my (laughs) gosh, I had this amazing burst of energy and I was writing a ton of Posts, but I was also repurposing, which is another great tactic for creating content. So I was repurposing a lot of posts. I was adding things to the dot and I had like a ton of blog posts. So all December I was just publishing. I don't even know how many posts I published in December and a little bit in November. And my traffic totally skyrocketed—not skyrocketed, but it it bumped up again. You know, when I was making fifty thousand page views on that blog, now I'm up to seventy or seventy-five thousand page views. So like within that month, it boosted my traffic again so it's true the more content you have in your blog plus the promotion you have to have that promotion um, strategy it will boost your traffic
0: i can totally attest to that so i did a series that again was based off of the strategy that you teach in your course and we'll talk about that towards the end guys because we're like oh, let me in on this course action but <laughs> there i did it was like um I think it was like a 10 days of freebies or six days. it was seven days, seven days. And like you said, right then and there, like traffic just like instantly shot up. And now all of a sudden, Google started really ranking those posts a lot, which is really exciting. So now like the series, it's really nice because people aren't just reading one piece of content and boosting off. When you do do that series, like you're talking about people, you know, you put a link to the other ones and there's a lot of people with a lot of views, which is really nice.
1: Yes. That's awesome. I know there's a lot of students at other bloggers that are doing that tactic. And and what's nice is that you can even do it at this time of the year. Like I find that I do this little strategy in December because it's a slow time. And um, Mm. January is a big view, like a big blogger month for a lot of bloggers. They get a lot of traffic in January. So you can even um, like optimize it more for by creating all that content in December. And then boom, you know, you have the traffic coming in January. So it's nice.
0: Oh, there's so many, so much nuggets that are laying down, guys. This is oh, such a great episode so far. So there, there's one more thing that I just want to touch on that you talked about, about slow months. So do you find that like, regardless of what people are talking about on their blog, like, does everyone just get less traffic and say like June or some websites like seasonal? Because I know we can all look at our traffic stats and be very sad when they go down. Is that just like a natural sort of thing? Or is that like a play on us?
1: Yeah, um, there are slower times of the year. I think summer is a big slow time because, like, you know, everyone in the world that lives in, you know, is it the Western Hemisphere or whatever, like in the summertime, I mean, they want to be outside. So um, it's not the best time for traffic. Um, I I don't write a lot during that time because I have my twins home. So I think that's just common. Um, in the the last quarter, Q4 seems to be the one of the best quarters for all bloggers that are um, have like uh, products and they are monetizing their blog because for some reason, this is just, it's cold. I mean, I'm looking outside. I had a huge dump of snow. Like it is like minus 30 Celsius outside. It's super cold. I'm going to stay inside all day and I'm going to write all day and I'm going to do stuff on my blog all day. Right. My twins are at school. So Mm -hmm. Q4 is just the best time. And that's the time that you want to use, um, Build your plan for the new year and uh, build the foundational blog posts and guides and things on your blog so that it can last you the next couple for Q1, basically.
0: Email marketing is tough. From figuring out what freebie to create to actually getting people there, signing it up, and never mind when it comes time to send that weekly newsletter, having the nerve to go ahead and hit send. You know what shouldn't be tough? Figuring out how to do all of those stuff in your email service provider, which is why I want you to check out ConvertKit. ConvertKit is the only email marketing software that was created by a pro blogger for pro bloggers, and they make it ridiculously easy to find out what your open rates are, have multiple freebies, but only send your welcome series once so you don't seem like a weirdo. And of course, guys, they come with stunning free landing pages. And guess what? As a listener of Inbox Besties, you can actually get a free 30-day trial to take a look under the hood to see how much easier it is than your current email software is. So head on over to katedoster.com forward slash CK to claim your free 30-day trial of ConvertKit. Once again, head on over to katedoster.com forward slash CK and claim your 30-day free trial now. Excellent. Excellent. So I would love to hear and you're talking on more about this, about your course, I would love to hear about sort of a little bit more maybe about your Pinterest strategy and how you sort of tie in like Google. So I know that you were saying that like SEO for say like more of the viral sites, like the, you know, 10, no, what was it? 50 base plant recipes. Um, it's a little bit of a different type of strategy. We're not necessarily trying to get those ranks per se, but I would just love to know really Sort of what your tactic is for, you know, Pinterest and how that sort of affects SEO.
1: Yeah, you know, what's so great about Pinterest is that um, it has its own SEO component, right? It's mm-hmm. not like you're going to Twitter or Instagram. I mean, it, it is a, um, another search engine platform is what I call it. And you can optimize your Pinterest strategy by using SEO on Pinterest. And it's easy to find keywords right now. I don't know if Pinterest is going to change their algorithm or they're going to change what they're going to show us in the future. But right now you can just use their search bar to find keywords. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's that easy. And you can dive deeper and deeper into it by, um, you know, under, I think if you type in like yoga in Pinterest, I mean, they give you all these little tiles. Well, those are all keywords that you can use in your content and using your description. And so when you start optimizing your Pinterest description, even though pinners aren't reading it they're not reading it, Pinterest is reading it. Pinterest is going to show you or show that pin to the relevant uh, people that are interested in the SEO keywords that you put in your you know description so that's where it all starts you know you want you want Pinterest to start showing your pins to a broader audience and so when you can like have the the beautiful married pin strategy where you know you have your great topic on your on your pin a great picture with the headline and your um a rich pin description and it's on a board that is optimized for keyword there then all of those little things can help boost your pin out um, to your followers and then to the greater good so i'm saying a million things at once so let me just back up a little bit Um, and show you the progression of the pinning process.
0: I was just like writing notes. and like, oh, this is just gold. And I thought that it was very succinct. But yeah, go ahead and break it all down, especially because, um, you know, a lot of the people listen to this podcast, they might not necessarily consider themselves like bloggers first. They might consider themselves more business owners who were really looking to ramp up in the new year of utilizing blogging and Pinterest. Cause I've been telling you guys, Pinterest is kind of where it's at. Like it's just, it really is. So I do have a couple of questions about what you said, but go ahead and do your clarification <laughs> for
1: yeah, because um, I just want to make it clear for people that when they use Pinterest, um, a lot of it resides on your followers. Um, I know there's been lots of discussions about like, you know, are your Pinterest followers, so you have to grow your Pinterest followers. What's so big about your Pinterest followers? But that's, that's the gate. That's the gate for Pinterest. So if, you're, if Pinterest sees that your followers are engaging with your pins, so you go and you upload a pin, And, um, your followers see it and they click on it. They save it. They do something with it. Pinterest gets those, um, signals. And if you get enough engagement on your pins from your followers, Pinterest will start showing it to a larger audience. And this is where your pins can become viral. Um, Pinterest has a great categorization strategy on their platform. They have topics and under topics, they have categories and under categories, they have, um, I don't know what the word is, but they have search terms, I guess. So it just breaks it down, breaks it down, breaks it down, right? When your pins go to a larger audience, then it gets shot up to different categories and it can get shot up to the topical boards on Pinterest. And when that happens, then Pinterest has said, look, your pin now is a good representation for breastfeeding tips. Your pin is a good representation for whatever topic it is. I'm going to, this is the pin that Pinterest is going to now start showing. Whenever someone searches for best writing tips or whatever keywords that you have optimized it for, and it will do that um, continually. Meaning that it um, it's not like it's not like Google, where Google will start changing ranking positions because someone has a better post than you. It doesn't really happen mm-hmm. that way for Pinterest. I mean, there's lots of people that are getting traffic from like a pin they created like three years ago. <laughs> so it's possible to have pins that you create that have solidified for the Pinterest whatever algorithm and you will get traffic from that pin and people know that that they know that pin and then they will make sure to have it in their tailwind schedule or you know promote it more or whatever repin it more
0: I I love Pinterest it's probably one of my favorite and just like you know, the way that I teach my students is it's definitely an SEO but it's like it's the only platform that I feel like Rewards you for sort of boosting other people's stuff, because, like you said, like if you have a really great pin and then I pin it to my followers and so my followers click on it, it's a lot of reciprocity on that platform I find than a lot of other ones where like if I share your Facebook business post on my page, it 's like facebook doesn't care, so I really like that as well, so I just want to unpack one more term that you kind of said: what exactly is a rich pin?
1: Uh, rich pins are a way to provide more context about what your pin is about so it um it shows as a like a bolded term on pin on your feed and it just gives pinterest more information about that pin now there are different types of rich pins there is like um the article pin which bloggers are using article pins there is recipe pins where the pin has the actual recipe on it so there's different types of rich pins depending on your niche that you can have to provide more context for Pinterest to know your pin and for others to engage with it more, um, I find that if I'm scrolling through my, my smart feed, I'm going to naturally find the ones with rich pins because they have the headline, their title underneath their pin and it's bolded. So it just mm. it, it attracts, attracts me more than um, pins that aren't classified as rich pins. Um, so for me, that's, that's a, big, a big strategy to use. And I think all business bloggers, if they're using Pinterest, should have rich pins installed.
0: So is this something that you need to pay for or is it like hard to do? Like that like a plugin. Like what, how do you get rich pins?
1: (laughs) You can just type in rich pins in Google and then it will take you to the page. And then you have to add a piece of code to your, to your blog. I think. Okay.
0: So something free from Pinterest. It's not like anything. Okay. okay. we Well, everyone can handle it guys. We'll go ahead and we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I'll go ahead and find that article. So you guys can just click on it. So you can turn on rich pins to really give more information. Now, like I said, I am a student of your traffic course. And this was something that you had said, I don't know if it was in the Facebook group or if it was in the course, but it was something like, duh, when it comes to Pinterest, because everyone's so focused on like images, images, images. Obviously you want to have great headlines. It was the fact that Pinterest can't actually read what your pin says so that's why you need stuff like rich pins and actual descriptions on your pins and to be smart about your titles because Pinterest can't read your image.
1: Yeah you know they can't read the titles on your image but they do look at the colors of your image and what the image is about and which is kind of funny so when you have like a brand new pin that you pin to Pinterest it will populate similar pins underneath Right. Like it'll show like, oh, you know, these are more ideas about your pin, like based on your pin that you just created. And it's always wrong in the beginning because Pinterest is just looking at your picture. So if I decide to use a puppy, which I did for one of my blogs, I had a little or my pins, I had a puppy with like a little unicorn little thing on it. I thought it was really cute. I mean, it's populating wonderful little cute puppy pictures for me on Pinterest because it doesn't know that that pin is for my post about blog tips, you know, Um, so (laughs) It just takes a while for Pinterest to like realize, and it does that again by the people that are engaging in your pin. What boards are you saving it to? What boards are your pinners saving it to? All those are mm-hmm. things. And if it's a rich pin in description, all those are indicators for Pinterest to now realize, oh, this is what it's about. So
0: oh, it's kind of interesting. I feel like I could talk about this stuff all day. So we'll, we'll wrap up my self-indulgent chat about Pinterest in just one second. You had mentioned that you feel like followers really count so how does one actually like get followers on Pinterest
1: (laughs) um it's a tricky process I mean Pinterest doesn't like when you all of a sudden spend you know 20 minutes following a whole bunch of people I mean that's spamming for Pinterest and they'll like you know lock your account so you can't really just go and and start following people but that's that's a good place um for my health site I just started a Pinterest account okay it's been like not even a week old and I think I have almost a hundred followers and that's all organic. Mm-hmm. And so let me, so what I did for um, my health Pinterest account is I started following other, other pinners. Like, that's just what I did. And I started sharing um, like, what's it called? Not viral content, but um, optimized content. So optimized content are the pins that are like the first row on Pinterest those are the ones that are like the strongest indicators for the topic that you searched for. So if I search for keto diet recipes, I'm going to pin the first three pins on the top row of Pinterest to my keto board. And um, that will start the process of um, solidifying my account and them understanding what my thing is about, like what my my niche is about. By pinning those top pins, um, the pinner gets notified. And so they could follow me. Um, I could, um, that pin that I pinned could also start reaching, um, other people, um, in their feeds. And then they see the pinner that pinned it and they could follow me that way. So it's just, it's a natural prosody, a process, not a prosody, a natural process. And so, um, that's all I do. So every day I go and I follow other pinners. So maybe 10 at the most, I don't go crazy. And over time they could follow me back, um, But it's just a general process. Now, to ramp up the strategy, um, I found that Tailwind, if you use an automation, Mm -hmm. for some reason, that seems to, like, grow my followers hundreds by day. Like, I have no idea how that works. But Tailwind, because your pins are in the Pinterest feeds a lot, people will follow you. Like, it's amazing.
0: Right. I have just thought the same thing with the Tailwind. Uh, y'all know my love of Tailwind. I think that it's the best. I feel like anyone who is really going to bunker down and be like, you know what? My people are on Pinterest. I'm creating content that is Pinterest friendly. Like, let's go to this. I'm always like, just get Tailwind. <laughs> just get Tailwind. In the long run, it's going to be cheaper than hiring somebody to do this for you. So I have one more question about Pinterest. And if there's anything else that you want to talk about, you know, traffic tip wise, go ahead and feel free to leave the conversation in that way. But how many million dollar question pins do you usually create that's pointing towards a piece of content? Like, can I just do one and then like I'm done? Or like toe? Or like, how does that all work?
1: Yeah, um, it's up to you. I I say you can create like two pins at least per post that you have. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do, though, my strategy is not to create multiple pins for every blog post that I have. I'm creating multiple pins for the ones that are driving traffic. So and the ones that are growing my email list and the ones that are making me money. So those pins, you bet I have 15, 20 pins out there <laughs> that are promoting that one post. <laughs> because I want people to go to that post and and Whatever, convert to whatever I want them to be, whatever that post is for. So I love that, Steven, so much.
0: <laughs> not only are you not wasting your time, which is amazing, but the fact that we are literally adding fuel to the fire of pillar post rather than trying to like pull up like an unsung hero. It's all about like that 80 20 role that they talk about, Perry Marshall talks about. And so I love it. That's the attitude that you take with Pinterest. I think that's so great. And one last question about Pinterest. What do you use to create your pins?
1: I, I use Canva and I use Photoshop. Those are my two main um, things that I use. I have used Keynote. Um, I'm a Mac user, so I use Keynote. I've used Keynote for a while, um, but Canva for infographics, um, Canva for like, they have the frames where like you can put like four or five pictures on one pin, like I use that. Um, And then Photoshop for like, if I really want to make it real pretty and stuff and do my own little customizations, I use Photoshop.
0: Excellent. So I know we talked a lot about Pinterest in this particular episode, but do you feel that there's any other traffic sources that we should be focusing on, especially like say for something like your Twins Mommy blog, since most of us are selling digital products of some sort, what are some other traffic sources that we should be looking at or tips or techniques would you suggest we try out?
1: Um, I think one of the other foundational like uh, pillars that you should have on your in your blog strategy is the whole organic traffic. All right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a process for a new blogger goes like this. You start a blog, you create content and let's say about six months to a year later, you're going to start ranking in Google. Because, again, Google doesn't know your blog. It's going to take a while. To figure out what your blog is about, and if you write good, valuable posts, it doesn't have to be keyword optimized. It just has to be valuable enough that people are linking to it, people are sharing it, people are talking about it. The social chatter alerts Google, and and will start ranking um, your post. So that will happen. And the older your blog is, and that you've been creating content for it, the more chance it will have for ranking. So, right now, my twins' mommy traffic, I. I, I haven't checked it lately, but it's something like, you know, 40% organic and I'm, I'm not getting as much Pinterest traffic or much other social traffic because now that I'm in Google, I'm getting just like regular traffic. It's consistent, it's regular. And so that's one of the great things about, um, Google traffic. So I feel like one of your goals as a new blogger is to, is to boost that traffic in the beginning, using social tactics, like Facebook, like Pinterest, like Instagram, and then towards the la- latter half of that year, start working on SEO. That's when you can start learning about SEO. That's when you can start like incorporating things. And then you can go back to your old posts and optimize those for SEOs because now you now you know it, now you learned it. And so you can, then you can, all that writing that you did with the first year, you can go back and optimize it. And then it'll eventually start ranking.
0: This all such such great, great, great things, so what are some parting words that you have for people who have really like maybe they've been at this content creation game for a while, but they're not seeing their traffic come in like what do you say when they're like down and out and struggling, and definitely, guys, we have an amazing free gift like I talked about in the intro to help you perk up your traffic as well?
1: Yeah, you know, blogging is a journey, and I, I what I tell those people that are struggling is just give yourself some grace <laughs> you know stop what you're doing and you need to sort of change it up and refocus and that might mean a whole new strategy that might mean taking a break that might mean setting up goals that might be something different for whatever person just so that they can um, look at their blog in a different way now if you've been down and out and blogging and you're creating all this content and, like nothing's happening Um, That's where you can reach out on Facebook groups, you can email me, you can email other bloggers and get some ideas. Um, And a lot of it can just stem from the quality of your writing, what kind of value are you providing, and what kind of promotion strategy. So if you look and if you dive deep into those two aspects and change it up, then hopefully you'll see a change in your traffic and and you're making (laughs) money.
0: Yay. Well, thank you so much. It was such an unbelievable pleasure to have you on. Like I said, I'm sure we'll have you on several times to be a repeat guest because there's just so many things that we could talk about forever and ever and ever. And guys, oh, go ahead. Tell us about your traffic planner. I almost forgot guys. Tell us about your traffic planner.
1: Oh yeah. I have a new traffic planner. It's the blog traffic planner and it also has a video course attached to it, which is uh, quite mm-hmm. amazing. i I actually had to do that. But um, what it is, it's a weekly planner, a monthly planner, and a yearly planner all in one. So you can pick which planner you want. If you want to just focus on what to do in the week to gain traffic, you can, or if you want like an overview of the month with things that you need to incorporate, or you want to start some A-B testing, you can check the yearly planner and get some traffic tips on what to do each month to optimize your blog for traffic. And then the video course I have is how do you turn that traffic into money? Like what are the process and the steps? And these are very beginner steps um, to getting the foundation for your blog so that it's primed for making money.
0: I absolutely love that guys, especially, and what I love about the things that you teach is it's really something for everyone. You have this magic ability to appeal to both beginners and people that are more advanced. Cause just in like what you were saying, you know, even though I'm more advanced and like, I know how to like monetize my content still sometimes where it's like, what do I do this month to get traffic? Now I can just go to this planner and bingo bango. It is all set. So where can they get their hands on it?
1: It's at twinsmommy.com slash blog traffic planner. Yay! And you
0: also have an amazing one on Pinterest that I'm going to put in there as well, guys. This interview is just so jam-packed, guys. So make sure you head on over to katedoster.com forward slash traffic planner and pin planner respectively so you can get those two separate downloads and mini courses. They're unbelievably amazing. But before you do, make sure you take a little screenshot and tag us over on Instagram or wherever you are listening. Let us know what you thought about this episode or just heck that you were watching. So I just wanted to give really pull out like three main tips that we talked about even though we talked about a million like let's just be honest. The first one is that you need to be obsessed with your audience. Elena has a great strategy just like myself where she votes niching down your audience as opposed to your topic, because then you know how to best serve them. The second is consider creating a content series, kind of like this one, what we're doing right here. And instead of just putting them on your blog, say like you're going to drip it out like a week, a week, a week, actually go ahead and put them on there like seven days of Pinterest tips, seven days of vegan eating tips, go ahead and do that when you are ready to start reboosting up your content, because then it gives you a whole bunch of stuff that you can promote, a whole bunch of new traffic, Google is going to take notice, of these things, and it's really going to make a big, big difference. The third thing, guys, is that when you are setting up your Pinterest account, you want to make sure that you are showing Pinterest that you are worthy, that follower accounts actually matter. So it is probably worth investing in a scheduler. So both Elena and I love, love, love Tailwind, which you guys can get a free month of by heading on over to katedoster.com forward slash talent. I absolutely love it. And honestly, one of my favorite parts of this interview that I always wanted to know was when Elena told us how many pins her most popular post have. And when she said 25, I was like, oh, I knew it had to be a lot. But she's not doing that for every single post, guys. She's only focusing on the ones that make her the most money. So smart. That are actually viral, but that people like anyways, add fuel to that fire. Remember Morgan in episode number 75 about Facebook told us the same thing. Don't boost a bad post, guys. Boost one that's doing well so it does even better. So that's it for this week, guys. Remember to hit that subscribe button and go ahead and leave us a rating and review if you haven't done so in a while. Next week, we are going to be talking to Alini all about how you can plan a mega list builder. So these are one of those mega listable launchers that I've talked about in episodes previously where you probably do them, you know, once a year, maybe twice a year. This is how you can keep yourself organized and ready to go. She has an amazing freebie that you guys can get next week. So make sure you are tuned in And I'll see you then. Thank you for having inbox besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And for even more free value-soaked resources and a community of online entrepreneurs that actually get it, head on over to katedoster.com forward slash group to unlock your free membership to the Super Friends secret layer. And if you were one of my action takers listening over here on iTunes, thanks. Make sure that you leave a rating and review before you leave. I know it seems teeny tiny, but it makes a big world of difference in me being able to provide you with more dangerously practical tips and tricks for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. Later days.